Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. We really invited people to participate in people's lives, you know, and as I said just you know, a few seconds ago, it would be silly for me to come up here every Sunday and just say the same thing and us just go away, just hearing it and, you know, going away doing nothing. What's the point, right? But we believe that God can change situations, that it can change lives. And it's important that we take on both the Word of God, we plant it into our heart and we begin to let it change and affect our lives. Because if it doesn't change and affect our lives, then the Word of God becomes powerless. And in turn, God becomes powerless, Right? And human beings have this, here I, I hesitate to say it, I have this audacity to circumvent the will of God. You know that? We can circumvent the will of God because we can choose to say no to God. And guess what? God can't do nothing about it. And you're like, oh, that seems a bit doctrinally unsound, but it's true. You know, um, we are the primary thing in our lives. God directs, God guides, but God won't force. And so we get to choose whether we listen to God. We get to choose whether we obey God. We get to choose whether we follow God. We get to choose if the Word of God impacts our life. And regardless of how potent and powerful the Word of God is, if it doesn't change lives, and if we don't receive the Word of God into our lives, then it becomes just another traditional thing we do every Sunday. And it's just boring old thing. But the Word of God is more powerful than that. But we have to energize it. Right? I remember when I was in Canada in the 1990s, um, you know, I was still a young man, young man by then, and, you know, I had this desire to go and live for God. But my church existence consisted of going to church once a year and then forced to do so on Christmas Day, maybe Easter. But I always had this desire, I wanted to know God more, but I just could not work that out in my life and how that would work. And I always had these things that I would do. I'm like, okay, if I get a car, then I can go to church and uh, get to know God more. If I do this, if I get a job, and all these things. And life became just busy doing stuff, and I never got to go to God. Um, and at that time, I was a manager of a retail store. And I remember I hired someone who later became a good friend of mine. And after a few months, he invited me to church. I was like, yeah, that's, that's something I always wanted to do. I wanted to go to church. I desired this thing. And so, you know, one Sunday morning, I had the gumption to wake up and get in my car and drive to this church. And it was a little church almost at the end of the street. I remember parking my car and, and walking up these steps, and there were red steps, and got to the front door. And, you know, you don't know what to expect. You know, I'm coming from a traditional Anglican sort of background. And the first thing I remember going in through the doors, the pastor's wife, she just gave me a big hug and welcomed me. I can tell you that I don't remember what the pastor preached. I don't know what he said, but I remember the love I felt. I remember the love of the people. I remember the embrace of what it was. And, it's something, and I realized it's something bigger than me. It's something that is beyond me. It's not just about me and my selfish needs and my desires, but this is bigger than that. This is about God and this is about the universe and it's about changing lives. And I realized that I wanted something bigger than me. I wanted something bigger than self. 
And I wanted to lean into this. And I decided then that I would go back. Not because I was enticed by the eloquent words of the preacher, but because of the love that I felt from the people. And so it was a strange experience because, you know, it, people were lifting their hands and worshipping God and the music was hip and now and, you know, they had drums and that's something that you don't see in the Anglican church. It was just something and it was amazing because there was something attractive about this place. And I, be, I began to go and I realized that the more I went, the more I desired. And this church, that little church was very formative in my years. You know, I desired to know God more. I desired His presence more. I desired to know His people more. And so I, I developed a friendship and I, I leaned into this group and they invited me over, you know, to their house. There were a couple of twins and their mother, they lived by themselves. And we used to go over and we used to spend a lot of time in their living room just talking and talking about stuff. And we started to have conversations about God and, I, and that was weird, you know. It's weird when you don't have... God is the center of your life, and then things change, and you're having conversations about God, and you're having conversations about what's happening in life, and I began to discover who I was. I began to discover how God sees me. I began to discover my identity in God, and I began to discover a God who loves me. We prayed, we cried, we discovered God, and I think those were the years that formed my life. That really helped me. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is about a God who impresses upon us the desire to mature and grow in faith and grow in love and grow in Him. Right? And it's not just a routine thing. It's not just a traditional thing. It's not just coming every Sunday morning and sitting on a chair and hearing someone speak. It's more than that. It's about a God who desires life-changing situations to impact our lives for us, to impact community. And it's bigger than all of us. It's bigger, right? It's not just about me. It's about more than that. I remember real praise and worship. And it's not that we don't have real praise and worship now. We do. I I love what happens here. But when you think about it, you think about how this reflected the early church. When you think about how God moved, when you think about where this, this started, the genesis of what we call church, where did that start? What began to initiate all of this thing? When I began to be plugged in and things happened, and I want to show you that the early church didn't just happen by accident. It was orchestrated by God. It happened because God planned it. It happened because people leaned into it. It happened because people desired more of God and more of people. And it happened in living rooms. When I went to Church on the weekend, I felt I was part of something bigger. I went into the living room. It was small and personal and intimate. I began to recognize as I began to learn scripture that this is what happened in the book of Acts. You turn to Acts chapter 2 and it says, You see, they went from the temple of courts and then they ate together in their homes with gladness and sincere hearts. You think about Acts 5 and it says, Day after day they went to the temple And then from home to home, preaching the good news that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. The early church has this clear understanding, both of temples and of homes. They had this perspective of coming together completely in unison, corporately to pray and to worship. But they also had this idea that they had to gather together in more intimate settings where they can share life together. 
That's how the church grew. That's what happened. That's how things changed. And friends, they had this perspective. This perspective was not either or, but it was and together. It was a perspective of, of both. And when I look in my early life and I look at what changed me and formed me and, and brought me through my formative years that grew me in faith and grew me in strength and grew me in my desire for God, there were two pillars, really, two pillars that contributed to that. And I want to challenge you this morning to think about it in a new way because it's these pillars that we all need in our life. The first one is our weekend. That we do right now, we gather on Sunday, we gather together corporately. But then there's this other pillar, which is more intimate togetherness, where we gather in living rooms. We gather, as the early church did, from home to home, from place to place. And these two contribute to our growth, our strength, our maturity, and who we are in God. They help form us. They help design us. They help shape who we are and what we see and what we do in life. They both contribute to who we are. So I want to talk about weekends and I want to talk about living rooms. Let me start with a weekend. In a weekend gathering, there's power of many voices singing together of God's goodness. You know, they sang in the early church and we sing together. When we come together on Sunday, we bring this unison of voices that sing the same song. Our breathing is uniform. We breathe in and we breathe out. And there's a oneness, there's a power, there's unity in us singing the same song, giving glory to God. And we sing songs of faith and we sing songs of love and we sing songs of God's faithfulness in our life and God's goodness. And we recognize that God moves in the midst. And when he moves, situations change and lives change and things happen because the presence of God comes. And when God comes, things change. It's beyond just this one person. It's beyond just you as a person. It's broader and bigger than all those things put together. And there's power in unity. There's power when we come together. There's power when we gather corporately to sing the praises of God. You know, and in the early church, in the early times, they didn't have printing presses, so they didn't have Bibles. They didn't have the things that we have. They didn't have iPads and stuff like that. And what they used to do is they used to memorize Scripture. And then they discovered that if they put a little tune or a little melody to the scripture, they could remember it better. You know, Anna got up here and began to sing How Great Thou Art, songs of God's goodness and songs of who God is. And when that comes together and we sing in unison, there's so much power and anointing. And when anointing comes, it breaks the yoke of the enemy. And we are liberated into freedom and liberty. And we have to give God praise. And if anyone comes in here and they are bound up when the church sings, when the church gives glory to God, when the church sings together, those chains have to break, those situations have to change because God is in the midst. God changes things. And then there's a, there's a power. When we sing together, there's a unison there. But let me ask you this question. There's so many voices coming together to sing the glory of God. And there's... Voices giving power to God. But in a living room, it's different. In a living room, you get to be seen and you get to be heard. In a living room, you see each other and you hear each other. That doesn't happen in our environment. Because you can't have a conversation right now with your neighbor. 
Because we sing together, we give God glory, we praise, and then we sit down and we listen to the words, the words that come out of the Word of God that teach us and encourage us and direct us. And it's great, but you can't have a conversation about how your life is going. You can't have a conversation with your neighbor right now and say, so how was your week? What happened in your week? Well, I went through some struggles. Now that can happen in this environment, but it can in your living room. It can when you gather together. You can lean into someone's life. You can hear someone's story. And you can be heard. And those things shape us. You know, how does God shape our lives? How does God direct our lives? How does God give us direction? He does it in many ways. He does it through the word of God. But he also does it through godly people. He does it to Christ's followers. Through Christ's followers that speak into our life. That help shape our lives. And I talked about identity in the first week. And we become who God wants us to become when we discover our identity in Him. You know, and I said this earlier to the nine o'clockers, I said, if we don't have a genuine experience of Jesus, then it's just a club. It's just a vain thing. We gather together. It's all about Jesus, right? It's about experiencing Him. It's about encountering Him. And if we don't encounter Him, it's just tradition. I don't want tradition, do you? I don't want routine, do you? I don't want religious practices. I want an encounter. But encounters happen in different ways. We encounter him on the weekend, but we encounter him just as powerfully when we sit together and share our story. We encounter him in a real way because he speaks to other people into our lives that help shape and guide us and form us into who we are supposed to be. Have you ever made a decision? You think about it. Big decisions in your life. Maybe you got an opportunity for a new job. Maybe you got an opportunity to move to a new city or a new country. You know, different places in the world. Oftentimes, how do we do those decisions? We make them by ourselves. We, we think about them or we even pray about them and we make the decision by ourselves. But what if, what if God has a different idea? What if there's a, a different way of seeing things? What if there's a different perspective? I want you to look at Proverbs if you have your Bibles. Proverbs 18 verse 15 says this. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. Those who want knowledge, those who have understanding, know what the best step to take. The best step to take is to find people that love you, that care about you, that help you in your decision making. You get wise decisions. You go to people who have the knowledge of God. You go to people who surround themselves or surround their lives and their families with the presence of God. Right? You want to make wise decisions? You ask wise people. Isn't that a simple thing? Sounds complicated. You want wise decisions? Ask wise people. That's what the scripture is telling us. So when you meet in your living room, you know what you're doing. Maybe you meet with your spouse. Maybe you meet with trusted friends. Maybe you meet with family members that help you bring about a perspective, a godly perspective, that help you get the best step for your life, that God speaks to them and helps direct your life. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could do this? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could sit down with the people that we love and have them voice an opinion in our life? Rather than us going solo. And that's what happens in living rooms. 
happens in living rooms can happen on Sunday, but they're both just as necessary. They're both just as important. They're both vital to our growth. If we want to be the kind of people that impact community, if we want to be the kind of people that change our surroundings, if we want to be the kind of people that are genuinely in love with Jesus and want and desire to follow in his footsteps, we need to have these two things in our life that help guide, shape, and mold us. The early church had this perspective. It wasn't either or. It was both and. And different things happen in different times, but God has purposes in both. God has designs in both. God has a plan for our life to help us get better, to help us grow in faith, to help us grow in love, to see things in a different perspective. And both things happen in different places. You know, one of the amazing things that happen on weekends is that we have this opportunity to give. And we give not to people, not to even church. We give to God. But think about the resources that God brings into his church on a weekend and what that does. That helps the church survive. That helps communities grow. It helps our community. It helps programs. It helps people in need. It helps different things. It helps further the kingdom of God. It even helps people across the world because we give to missions in other parts of the world. Those happen because we give of the resources that God has given us and God teaches us. It's not just you know you sacrificing something. You're returning something to God that God already blessed you with a job or whatever it is. You give back or you return a better word to God. We do that in a corporate environment. We have that privilege and it is a privilege to do but how do you give when you gather in a living room you know one of the most precious commodities in our life is time time is a precious resource it's actually the only resource that you truly have because you exchange time for money right you go to work and you give eight hours of your time and they give you money for your time then you choose to spend your money on what you want. But that's what it is. You sell time to get money. Imagine how precious this resource is. Imagine if you could give time because it's precious. It's a commodity that you possess. And when you gather together in living rooms, that's what you're doing. You're giving the gift of time. You're giving the gift of time into each other's lives to share your story, to be seen and be seen, to be heard and to hear. You're saying, you know what, I'm taking some of my valuable time, which is a finite resource because we all have finite amount of time. We all have a limited supply. We don't have an inoxidable supply of time. All of us have been given a finite resource of time. And when we choose to sow that time into someone that's of value, we tell them that you're valuable to me. I'm taking out time from my life and I'm allowing you or I'm sowing into you. I'm giving you the opportunity to share your story. And it's so important that as believers that we don't just give when we think about it in church. We also give of our time. 
We need to give time to others. We need to give time to our fellow people. We need to give time to our brothers and sisters. We need to give time. Because you know what? God has called us as family. We are brothers and sisters. Whether you come from a different background, whether it's the color of your skin that's different, whatever country you come from, we are family. And you know, it's pointless for me to stand up here and say family if we don't act like family. Right? If we don't act like it. If we don't behave like it. If we don't take time out, I said to you a couple of weeks ago, author Jim Collins says, what is life? What is life to you? Is life the accumulation of of wealth? Is life the accumulation of stuff? Is life having a, a better title in your job? Is life having more kids? What is life? What is life to you? What is important to you? Jim Collins says, life is people and life is people time with people you love that's what it is when you get down to it it's time with people you love right it's time you spend when you get down to it what is money what is, what is job titles when you get down to it it's time with people you love and God has called us to be the family of God and we should invest time in one another And yes, sometimes family go through situations and we go through turmoils and we go through situations, but we're still family. God is our Father and we're His family. And so much of our time is spent doing things that don't necessarily make us better or grow us in faith or grow us in love or grow us in connection. We spend time, you know, watching TV We spend time playing video games. We spend time listening to music. And as great as those things are individually, they don't help you grow in connection. They don't help you grow in relationship. They don't help you become part of a broader family of God. And God has designed these things just as the early church. How did the early church grow? If we want to see our church grow... How did the early church grow? Well, it grew because they had weekends and they had home time. They had living room time. And God caused increase. He said he added daily, he added people to the church because they did that. You think about it. There was the corporate part, right? That was the Sunday stuff where they meant in the temple. And there's Bible study and all those other things we do. And prayer time. But then there's a living room time where we spend time sharing our story. I remember when I, when I first came to the Lord, I, I didn't just, you know, step in with my little toe and test the water. I just jumped right in. I just jumped into the deep end. I didn't even know how to swim. <laughs> but I, I didn't want part-time God. I wanted full-time God. And so my world was filled with stuff, but church and God became a priority to me. You know, I used to work in a, uh, a retail environment, and in a retail environment, Saturday and Sunday, especially in Canada, are the busiest times of the week, and so as a manager, you're expected to be there. And I miss church, and it didn't just feel right, I was disconnected, and you know, I, I changed jobs, and I was able to work from Tuesday to Saturday. Therefore, I had Sunday and Monday off. And so my Sundays and Mondays consisted of church time and living room time. 
On Mondays, we'd gather together. We'd spend time in living rooms, talking about God, doing things. But my Sunday, let me tell you about my Sunday. Right? Church started at 10.30. We used to have Sunday school. And like everyone was in Sunday school, not just for kids. Right? Different age groups. So we'd get there, we'd have Sunday school. Church would start at 12 o'clock. Uh, then we'd have awesome praise and worship like we do here. And then church would finish at 3.30. It was long. Like we have an hour and a half service, right? But when you do something you love, you don't count time. I didn't count time because I loved it. And so after that, we'd hang out at church, talk to people. Then, you know, as I said, our friends, we would go to lunch. And we'd go to lunch, we'd talk about church, and we'd talk about God. You know, our lunch was late lunch. It was like 4 o'clock. And then we sit there and talk, and then it'd be time to come back to church because evening service started at 6. So by the time we get there, 6 o'clock, you know, people would be late, as usual, because it was a smaller church, so it doesn't matter. And they'd have something called testimony service. You remember testimony service? You know testimony service? So their testimony service is like, okay, we'll have a song, and then people, anyone in the church who wants to testify, you can testify. And it was like, okay, they get up and they talk about, you know, I'm going through trouble, I'm going through this. I'm like, that's not a testimony. That's your troubles, <laughs> right? Tell a testimony. Right? So that would go on for about an hour. Then they would sing more songs. Finally, the preacher would come up, and he'd preach. Uh, the pastor would come and preach. And by the time we finished and done at 9.30, Right? So you think, okay, well, it's a full day, but no, we're not done yet, because then we'd go out to a coffee shop or we'd go to a living room and we'd sit around and talk more God until sometimes two in the morning. All right? And we just loved it. It was just immersed in what we wanted to do and we loved it. It wasn't costly to us. It didn't cost us time. We just loved it. And I remember one of those experiences was the first time I actually saw angels. We're sitting in a coffee shop. And we were talking about God and all these things. And just as we were ready to go, I turned back and I saw this beautiful figure of light right there. It was like a blink of an eye. And I began to think about, you know, when people gather together in a small environment, it draws the presence of God. When you think about it in tax, when those 120 gathered in the upper room, that's when the Holy Spirit came because they gathered together. And the more you talk about God, it creates this environment that is attractive to spirits, that angelic host and God. And it was an amazing experience. And then, and then Monday, you know, we'd have living room conversations again. And then I'd go back to work. But there were these two tent poles in my life that helped me become and form me. And through my formative years, they contributed to who I am now. I wouldn't be the person I am now if I didn't have those times. You know, I love basketball a lot. <laughs> you have one fan. And then you have other sports. You like footy. Who loves footy? Cricket or whatever. I don't, I, I don't know if cricket's a real sport. Is that a sport? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. You know, in basketball, they have the game time. That's when the real game is. But before the game, they have practice. They get together. They talk about plays. Everyone knows what plays are. You know, there's things designed to help you score a point or whatever, uh, different strategies that come together to help the team win. And you have plays. Right? And then you go in and you play your game. And then what happens in the middle of the game? Halftime, Half-time right? You have a break. I was thinking about it. That's how it is in life. On Sundays, that's our game time. That's our play time. We come together. We have plays. They come out of the Word of God. They teach us this is how we live. This is how we act. This is what we do. This is how we do things. But halftime is our living room. 
Because at halftime, the coaches sit with the players and they go, okay, so how, what are you doing? How is your game going? What do you need to improve to get better? What strategies can you adopt that will help you get better or score the points you need to score? What do you need to change? That's what living rooms are. On Sunday, we get the plays. This is what God thinks. This is how we live. But on, on halftime, which is our living rooms, we sit with each other and go, so how is your walk with God going? What can you do to get things better? How can that change? And you can be like, well, you know, I have this person at work that's really annoying me. I hate his guts. <laughs> and the next person's like, well, well, you know, maybe that's God's trying to teach you patience, you know, teaching you how to deal with it. And maybe through the situation, God's actually using it to help you. And you're like, well, I hate him, and now I hate you too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's how you shape each other. Right? It's how God directs our lives. It's God, who God puts in our lives, our families and our friends that we spend time with sharing our story, being seen, being heard, and letting them be heard and letting them be seen. And how we discover who God meant us to be and how other people have the chisel of our life that begin to shape and mold us. And you have these great tent poles, these two things that God has put in our life, our weekends and our living rooms. And oftentimes we get to the place where we need to choose and we think we have to choose. It's like, well, I'm doing weekends, so do I need to do living rooms? Because my life is busy. You know, I have to take my kids here. I have birthday parties, things to go to. I have my golf game to worry about. I have video time, game time. You know, all these things that I need to do. I have assignments from school. I have extra work to do at work. Whatever I have to do, I just don't have time. So, you know, an hour and a half on a weekend is sufficient for me. But then you need to ask yourself, why are you doing this? Is it, again, tradition or routine? Or are you doing this to grow in faith, grow in love, become what God wants you to become? Or is it just something that you put in so we can feel guilt-free? We're doing something. But I remind you, the early church grew not because they had temple sessions, but because they had temple sessions and home sessions. They're both equally important. They're both vital to our growth. They're both vital to our steps of faith. They're both vital to us being shaped by God. It's so important that we look at it in that light. It's not either or, it's and or both. And what God has called us to do. And you have to be honest and think about it. And sometimes, you know, we think about groups and you're like, well, that's where I was wounded or that's where I was hurt and I'm sorry that happened. That shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't be a place where you're wounded or hurt. I'm sorry, but God asks us to forgive and find somewhere else where you can be a part of. Or maybe you wanted to go somewhere and it's too full and they're like, oh, we don't have any room. That's okay. Think about it this way. That's another opportunity for you to discover new people. Right? And it's a place where you can be loved, you can be prayed for, you can share your gifts, you can share your testimony, you can share your story and find a place of safety where God moves and shapes your life. I want to show you a scripture from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 25 says this, Let us hold 
unservingly to the hope we profess. Never lose that. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This is not a new thing. This is not a new idea where people say, well, I don't need this. It's not a new concept. It's there right from the beginning. What of Hebrews says, don't do that. Don't give up meeting together like some do. Meeting on weekends and meeting together in living rooms. Don't do that. Don't give up. Because what? Let us do this. Encourage one another. Spur one another on. Don't lose hope. Hold on to it. Remember he is faithful. And the way you will do that is not giving up meeting together. What was meeting together for the early church? It was in temples and homes. It was gatherings and living rooms. It was both. It was together. And we, for some of us, I said before, we choose. We choose between this or that. We choose because our lives are busy. We choose because we have other things to do. But we can't do that and be successful in God. It is to our detriment that we sacrifice one of those things. It doesn't help us. It's not what God designed for us. It's not what God put in our lives. It's not what God put in there to shape us and grow us and mature us. It's what we've come up with. And I want you to see, so I'm asking you this morning, do you do both? Do you see an importance in both the weekend and the living room? Or have you elevated one above the other? Or have you cling to one and not the other? And maybe for some of us it's barriers of living rooms and we can come up with a myriad of excuses of our house not being clean and you know, all these things. And as a church, we need to be a church of love. And so often we are the type of people, or most of us are people that want to respond rather than initiate. You know, we wait, people, we wait for people to come and talk to us. We wait for someone to, to invite us. We wait for things to happen to us. But God is a God of initiation. He stepped towards us before we ever stepped towards him. And so rather than waiting and saying, hey, well, no one's talking to me. No one's inviting me. Why don't you invite someone? Why don't you talk to someone? Why don't you spend time trying to do what God asks us to do? And so often we look around and say, well, you know, I don't feel love in this church. I don't feel appreciated in this church. I don't feel needed in this church because I've been sitting here and no one talks to me. Well, can you really blame the church? Because the church is not me. I'm not the church. The church is not the praise team. The church is even not the leadership team. The church is all of us together. Every single one of us is a church. So if someone from the other side of the pew visits your house, that's the church visiting your house. If someone comes and prays for you, that's the church praying for you. And so often we look like, well, the pastor didn't come or the leader didn't come or you know, my leader didn't come. And that's we look at, that's the church, but that's not the church. The church is us. 
all of us. And when we realize that and we start living it, then we'll become the real church. Because all of us are human and we all have limitations, but together we can do all things. And in this place, in this circle, in the amount of people we have, we're the church. So if someone's sick, if someone's tired, if someone needs visitating, if someone's lonely, we're the church. Let's get up and do something about it rather than sitting there and waiting for someone to talk to us. Let's initiate and change lives because we're the church. All of us together. There's no elevation in that. When God looks at us, he looks at us as a church. He doesn't look at us, oh, well, the leaders. And yes, there's leaders in churches and God's put us there for this place, this planet, this time, there's no such thing in heaven. It's all the same. And all of us have been called, all of us have been given gifts, all of us have been given opportunities, all of us have, have been given the opportunity to be called into the family of God. And he calls us sons and daughters. He doesn't call us by titles, he calls us sons and daughters. Because we are the family of God. And so let's encourage one another, let's spur one another on, let's support one another, let's love one another, let's invite one another, let's pray for one another, let's spend time with each other. And yes, weekends bring its own uniqueness and power, but living rooms bring equally the same opportunity. And it's time for us to stop making excuses for us and others. It's time for us to be the church. It's time for us to be who God called us to be. Because together we can. Join or die. Who said that? Can't remember. I think an author. That's what it is. The reality is live together or die alone. Right? Live together or die alone. So let's be the church. Let's stop looking for solutions from other people and become the solution. Because all of us have the opportunity, all of us have the privilege, all of us have been given the grace of God into our lives. Let's love one another. Let's be what God has called us to be. I love you guys. I do. And I might not have the opportunity to sit and talk with you individually a lot of times, but I pray for you. You're always on my mind. I can't sleep sometimes because you're on my mind. I pray for you. And I love you. I love God's church. And I said before, when you love something, you don't count time. I don't count my time as a waste. I don't count it ever as a waste of time because I love God's church as much as I love him. But I want us and I need us and I desire us to be the church. We need to be the church. We need to be what God asks us to be. In a crowd this, this big, maybe we'll have 25% that will do what I, we talked about this morning. It's sad, but it's just true. Maybe 25% will actually do what we talked about. You know, open up their houses, open up their living rooms, invite, talk, engage, connect, and grow. And I said at the very beginning, 
that God's word has power when we receive it and we apply it. If we don't, it's just another word. So what we do, what we choose to do with God's word empowers us. We choose to do with his instruction empowers. Remember, it's like the game. On Sunday, we get the plays, we get all we do. But halftime is the living room where we talk to each other and say, how are you doing? Can I pray with you? How can I help you get better? How can I coach you? How can I mentor you? How can I pray with you? How can I love you? That's what it's all about. So if I can leave this two things, if you remember these two things, remember the two pillars, the weekends and the living rooms. They both feed into our lives. They both help us mature. They both help us grow. They hope help us become what God desires us to be. Let's stand. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.